Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Always Evolving, and I have a guest today who's, we're going to get into psychedelics, fighting. Uh, Tony, have you ever tried psychedelics? No. (laughs) Do you know anything about them? Nothing. You didn't have any friends growing up, like in high school, who did psychedelics? Hell no. I've done a lot of psychedelics way back when, but we have Ian McCall here, who's very passionate about medicine, plant medicine, and uh, he even came in today and told me he dropped it. Some acid. Some acid earlier, yes. Yeah. That's crazy. So we'll have an interesting conversation. It's a good conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. With Ian coming in, I know that we were like discussing ayahuasca and then someone else who works with me basically (laughs) made Tony (laughs) panic to where... I guess he researched it a little bit and you were like, there's no way I'm doing that thing called ayahuasca. Yeah, I, I was I was open to it because I was like, all right, cool. This is for the podcast. Like this is, you know, I, I've never tried it. And then <laughs> not the reason know, why you do ayahuasca. Not for. Yeah. But yeah, and then I was yeah. like, OK, cool. Like I, I, I heard what well, I mean, what exactly does it do for you, if you don't mind me asking? So um, as adults, we are plagued by childhood traumas, things, uh-huh. that, have, things that have happened to us in the past traumas in general. Um, And they manifest themselves in really inappropriate ways. Like in my case or certain people's case, um, climbing into a cage in your underwear to fuck someone up for blood money. With being a fighter. Being a fighter. That's, that's. It is kind of interesting that fighters go essentially in their underwear and they fight. What else are we going to wear? No, I mean, it's just, (laughs) I mean, at least like I do jujitsu. It's a giant gi, right? Of course. Yes. But like the opposite is you're just kind of, Practically naked fighting. Yeah. And of course, you know, being, I mean, how, how long have you been doing jujitsu for? Not, well, I've been doing a hardcore for like seven months. Okay. Um, got my second stripe on my white belt. There's okay. a guy named Cobrina. <laughs> yes, I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who Cobrina is? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. So I've been, uh, and I'm going to enter my first tournament this fall. Beautiful. Where at? I don't know. He decides. I'm okay. kind of like, you know, yeah, just professor, follow. whatever you said. Yes, exactly. Just, just let them, let them let what, you know. What led you to end up, you, you, when you say your childhood trauma, what was your childhood like? Oh, my childhood was great. I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, my mommy left me when I was 12. That really fucked me up. So you're saying it was bad. It wasn't good. No, no, my, 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 literally my childhood was great. So I'm a little bit of an outlier. Um, my, my childhood was awesome. My parents are wealthy. I grew up on the beach in Orange County, uh, part of the 1%, you know? Like it's just, that doesn't, that doesn't usually breed. Where'd you grow up in Orange County? And well, I was born in Newport, Laguna, Dana Point, San Clemente. I I grew up in Laguna Hills. Okay. Nellie Gale Ranch. Yes. I love Nellie Gale. Yeah. It's all like horse trails and. My my daughter wants some, uh, some property. So I was thinking like either San Juan or my next house, either San Juan or Nellie Gale. Um, beautiful place. Yeah. You know, and just like, it's so nice there. And she's, she's homeschooled. So it's like, you know, we take a lot of time at the house and make everything like cool for her. Yeah, you know, in Los Angeles, there's no, like, in this neighborhood, for example, that we're in right now, it, when I grew up, neighborhoods, you know, there was a, we, I grew up on a cul-de-sac, but all the neighbors knew each other. Uh, everyone kind of 
was supportive, got together for 4th of July. This neighborhood I'm in now, it's like, turn down the volume. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's still like 80% of people when you walk around, they're wearing masks in West Hollywood, outdoors, even being vaccinated. It's pretty I hardcore know, it's in so this neighborhood, weird. but it's not very family friendly. Orange County reminds me of like family. Yes, that that's where I grew up. You know, that that's where I want to raise my daughter. I bring her to L.A. or West Hollywood all the time. Yeah. She loves it up here. And she knows that like, you know, the women I date are usually up here. Uh, she gets to meet all of them, which is great. Um, and so wait, <laughs> your dad left at 12? No, my mom, mom, my mom, mom, my mom, mom left when I was 12. Uh, Where'd she I, leave to? Uh, just all over Alaska. She, well, why did she leave? Just other shit she had to deal with. Um, she had her own issues that she had to go deal with. And uh, that just sent me, I, you know, I was already a crazy kid and I was already so focused on martial arts and wanted to be a fighter that I just got really aggressive as a young man with other aggressive young men because we were the only ones that really knew how to fight. So we were like honing our skills on other kids and then grownups and college guys. Like it just got progressively worse. And then I went 18, when I turned 18, I was like, okay, I have to go professional. Like I shouldn't be beating people up in the street at the beach. That's kind of rude. Um, and I want to make money off doing it. You would beat people up on the beach? Oh yeah. So surfing culture is very, very machismo. Everyone fights over waves. And I grew up with some of the best surfers in the world. Um, and that's just what happens. You know, like, like it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it, fighting over a wave. I know it's, it's like mother nature's endless. Yeah. It's like, no, that's my wave. But F you, man. When you have big Hawaiian friends like Sonny Garcia in your life that, you know, just te- they, they, that's what you do. You protect your surf or whatever. Dude. Okay. I was a dumb little impressionable kid. Um, and I, my friends were like, you know, he really knows how to fight. Let's, let's, let's mess with tourists and see if Ian can beat up tourists. And I always would, you know, I'd always end up fighting some grown man. And he's like, did you feel bad afterwards? Um, yeah. I mean, at that age, you just don't know, but yeah, part of me did it sometimes. Cause I hurt some people. Um, and it was always like, I was never picking a fight, but there'd always be a fight be picked. And I'm like, Hey, you should fight me. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? That little guy. And then it just got real bad. And it was just, you know, it was, it, I was a hone killer at 15 years old. That's the thing. Uh-huh. And I was around a bunch of knuckleheads and my parents were fucked off and being just, you know, busy. My mom was gone. My dad was busy working. Like, you know, we had, I had everything I wanted. Do you think you got more angry when your mom left? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, and you know, she's back now after 20 years, which is cool. There, you know, I'm still single, obviously. Um, I can't hold down a good relationship, but myself, but um, my daughter and I are great. <laughs> We're best so friends. What, what, what ended up happening? So you ended up uh, fighting, you got in trouble too through? Oh yeah, I got in, I was, I was in a gang when I was like 15. What rich, was the gang? The Lords. It was a joke. And it's it, called the Lords? Yeah. And we beat up other rich white kids basically. So it was like rich white kids versus rich white kids. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was one of the only ones doing actual crime. Like I was selling drugs and doing other inappropriate. You were shit. the legit. Uh, someone gangster. someone had to sell all the drugs to all those rich kids back then, uh-huh. and I did. And I also, you know, did some of the crimey type shit that wasn't cool. So you were doing drugs back then. Yeah, and then I, you I ended up smoking. deciding to go into the UFC. Yeah, it was just you know I could aff- I could fund my training basically <laughs> i didn't have to have another job i just sold dope um how did you end up realizing because so many guys enter the ultimate fighting championship which is ufc 
so many guys want to be in it at the time. It's not what it is today. There's not as many fight leagues even back then, right? Uh, was as many prominent ones as prominent sure. ones. Yeah. yeah, UFC was was the only show in the in the only real show in the game, and it was just different. You know, it was it was a wild time. I luckily had sponsors. Uh, so we could I, have sponsors back then. Yeah, exactly. And I, I made a decent amount of money. Now, you, now it's sponsored by what? Reebok? Reebok. Well, now it's Venom. The Reebok sponsorship's over with, thank God. That's right. It was so ugly. Um, they, they, they made it look a little better at the end, but it was still, I think they so still what, Were shoes. you obsessed with, with being a professional fighter once you were? Like winning? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was from a young age. I started martial arts at four years old. Um, the UFC came out when I was like eight or nine, I think. And I just knew I wanted to do that. Was All, it was it like such an adrenaline rush to be fighting oh yeah. professionally? Oh yeah. It's so so much so the highs and lows of my life have been so high and so low that it's just kind of real rounded off now. I just I just don't get I don't get worked up about anything. I'm just like, oh okay. Someone had a kid. I'm like, cool. Oh, someone died. I'm like, cool. My whole UFC career was a shit show. I, I they tried to keep me around and I was hovering top five and winning and losing and winning and losing and just they, they wanted to make money off me because they knew I was marketable. Um, and they knew how talented I was. You know, Chuck Liddell is like my older brother. And, I know Chuck. Yeah, and Chuck is, you know, he was the guiding force in my life, in my career. You know, and to have him kind of guiding me through. And, look, you know, I knew Dana when I was 19 years old. Mm. You know, and, and I've just always been around. They always told me, hey, you're going to be a champion one day. This is what you do. You're that good. You're good. You're the next, you're going to be a champ. So when did you decide to stop fighting? 34. Because? Oh, time to grow time, time to grow up, Peter Pan. Was uh, it, was it because your last fight was just brutal? No, I, well, I got one punched. I got one bang. It was out. Who was that um, with? Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi in Japan. But I was snorting Oxycontin in the bathroom before and it was, it was just already, it was not good. Did you think back then when you were snorting Oxycontin that this would help you? No, 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 no. I was no. already just so addicted and I was like, they're just paying me a lot of money to be here. Was that for pride or? No, for Ryzen, same thing. Got it. Yeah. And then, you know, I became legitimate in cannabis. I've helped open some businesses and, um, you know, gotten away from being a, that whole gangster nonsense. Uh, right. But, you know, you got to- Did you ever get arrested? Oh yeah, yeah. DEA raided my house a few times and- it was, uh, it was gnarly. And that, that was, yeah. I mean, they, they, did they, you try to fight them? Um, no, I tried to fight the cops once in my house, but that was a different time. Okay. So you got your house raided for drugs. Yeah. Wow. Even after I stopped, they came in when like my kid was, there. I was in the UFC. Like my kid was saw me get fucking taken away stressed her the fuck out. Like, you know, I was like, this is some bullshit. I was, I was like, you guys, you guys find anything? I had a nice house at that point. I'm like, why do you think you did that being that? Like, it sounds like you came from money. Um, why, why did you go that route? I don't know. You know, it's just ended, <laughs> ended up there. My brother, I don't know. Um, I became, I, I, I'm not really sure why. Like my dad did smuggle dope in the seventies, but just you, say you beat just up weed. your brother. No, no, no. Me and my brother were. Oh, like, you and your brother. Yeah, we were best friends. But you have no idea why you ended up doing like real going crime? towards like rich kid crime. Um, we got wind of some serious shit. You know, at one point, a few points, um, and just you know, it wasn't rich kid crime anymore. This was like crazy shit we were doing. Right. And uh, 
you know, highly inappropriate, but you know, I was, I get it. I used to sell meth. I've transported, I've, I've done the deal, right? Like, but like, I think I can connect some dots to why, and I grew up in Nellie ranch, right? Exactly. But why, so you can't connect any dots to why you ended uh, up. I wanted to, cause I was dangerous and I knew no one could fucking do anything to me. That's why I was robbing kids. I was robbing other drug, not like other drug dealer kids. I thought they were cool. I was like, oh, I'm going to take all your shit just because I wanted to show I was the dominant one. It was weird. Why did you have to be the dominant one? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. It was some sort of trauma response, I'm sure. Okay. I mean, I'm, wow, I just thought of this. My mom leaving me and she always pushed me into every sport possible. She always, and she made me do everything to prove how good I was, even though I was born premature and I was this big, you know, I was a tiny little guy. Um, and I did everything well. When she left, I was left to my own devices and I'm literally verbalizing this for the first time. Um, I was left to my own devices, you know, and, and I had my own car and we had a, a nice house and all my trouble making friends. And we, I literally got away with whatever I wanted in high school and after that I just like it wasn't there was no I mean I, I got arrested could it, could it have been that your mom leaving you felt extremely hurt at the time you didn't realize like how painful it was because you're trying to rationalize with a 12 year old mind well, and by 14 I was on painkillers okay but like also you're numbing yourself you're angry clearly if you're wanting to fight you're angry um, fight everyone. Right. So you're really angry, like Im impulse control. There is none. You're just kind of wild child, right? Just, just at it. And it kind of, uh, ends up getting you into a situation where you have the DA robbing your house. You, uh, then are like, all right, let me put towards good this thing fighting. And then you decide to, at the time, join the UFC when the UFC's wasn't what it was today, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It was different. It was different. The pay yeah. was different. The pay was different. They the were status was different. Gangsters. My boss. My bosses were gangsters in the UFC. Yeah, the Fertitta brothers. People don't know that whole family comes from gangster lineage. Got you it. Know, those dudes. They're good. They're good. They were never did me wrong. But like, how many fights did you have in the UFC? I don't even know. Um, Ten, not even close to it. Got it. Was it hard for you whenever you lost? Yeah, but, you know, when I became sober, I became the best in the world. And then I stopped being sober and I just had to coast at like top five and just. How long were you sober? Like a year and a half, two what years, two years. you decide to get sober? Um, jail. I didn't want to go to jail anymore. Um, and plus I was looking at prison time. God, so you got sober. Did you go means or anything or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go to rehab. I was a six month rehab. <laughs> really? So you were sober for a year and a half at what age? Mid mid twenties, okay. Twenty right before my when my daughter. And you were winning when my daughter was born. So okay. yeah, and you were you were that was the best you had done in fighting. Yeah. Okay. I finally did what everyone said I was going to do growing up. Like you're going to be a world champion. And did you feel good about yourself during that period of time? Um, oh man, I don't know. Better. Better what? Better than when you were using. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Oh fuck yeah, of course. But I was still very um. But then you decide not to be sober anymore. I I got I got screwed over um, in my first major fight in the UFC. My first fight in the UFC for a title. Uh -huh. Who was uh, that against? Demetrius Johnson. And I got screwed. And I let that turn. What do you mean you got screwed? I got, my decision got got screwed. 
Oh, you should have won the fight. Yeah, should have won the fight. And I mean, it happens. Um, it happens a lot, actually. But you know, I let this. This is this is the main problem. I let that point mm-hmm. shoot me back into addiction. Start using again. Whereas this person, Demetrius Johnson, he used that point to become the best in the world because he realized there's motherfuckers like me out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like you catch him slipping like that. And I did. I punked him. And he never wanted to let that happen again. And he didn't up until, man, I don't know how many years later, he just lost. Yeah, that what? Henry Cejudo? No, well, he, sorry. He lost his Henry, but he hadn't been slept until recently. He got slept out. No, and won. Mm. And won, uh, won one championship out in Japan or wherever they were. I'm not sure where, where in Asia it was. Got it. So, so you were sober for a year and a half. You fought for the title in the UFC. You lost the title. And how soon after that did you relapse? Oh, right away when I got home. Right when you got home, you were like, I, was it because you couldn't tolerate the feelings? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I was, I was running from it and my, my ex was using it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was just like, all right. What'd well, you use? Oxycontin. Got it. You know, and that, that's never good. And then have you been sober since? <clears throat> from pills? Yeah. From I, everything. Like, have you gone a period of, at that period it was abstinence, right? A year and a half yeah, of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I, I use cannabis as medicine. I've been smoking weed since I was eight years old. Were you smoking weed during that year and a half? No, 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 no. That, that was actual sobriety. Okay. Um, but now I'm, I don't, you know, people are like, are you sober? And I'm like, no, I smoke weed and I eat mushrooms and sometimes I'll eat some acid. And drink some ayahuasca, but pretty much sober. I don't drink alcohol. I don't, and I don't do cocaine. I don't do any of the How many times drugs. have you done ayahuasca? Five. Yeah. And what, what, what is ayahuasca, if you don't mind me? Is it like a... Ayahuasca is two, two different plants made into a tea. And it's dimethyltryptamine with a 5-MeO inhibitor. And it... Uh, oh, man. It is the mother of all plants. She is the mother of all plants. The, the grandmother is who comes to you. She can come to you in many forms. T- to me, she came as a beautiful woman because that's the only way you keep my attention. Um, Lies. You keep staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's... These will bring things up that are deep inside you. The issues uh-huh. you need to do, whether it's trauma or... Yeah, I mean, it's all trauma, realistically. And it comes up and you deal with it. And it's in a, basically people who do ayahuasca. It is uh, ayahuasca. A, ayahuasca. Sorry, grandma or mom or whatever we call her. But um, you uh, and I know a lot of people have done it. Uh, my brother's done it. Like my old roommate who uh, I lived with for, before I bought this place we're in now. So his name was Sam. And Sam is from Iraq, but lived in Sweden. And he did ayahuasca for the first ayahuasca for the first time. And it was like, he, he spoke to his mom who passed away and he had this whole experience. Sam was the gayest guy in West Hollywood. Okay. Like everyone knew Sam and Sam started doing like mushrooms, like microdosing mushrooms and doing ayahuasca. Like he must've done like 15 times or something. And a few years ago, he let everyone know he was no longer gay that he was straight and he walked around West Hollywood in all white clothes. And he had a real estate business. He was, he, because he was a friend of mine, I would introduce him to people. So he sold like, you know, Nick Jonas's place and Joe Jonas and this house he got, he was like growing, right? Like his business was booming. Now he lives in Sweden as an Uber driver 
where he preaches the word of God to everyone who gets in his car and he believes that is his calling. Okay. And it's, I've never, like, I don't know if it was like a psychotic break. It, that shit happens. And I've, it I've, does happen. And to people. Yes. And I have to warn people. I teach harm prevention. Um, you have to warn people that you may end up that being gay or you may you end may up be, being straight. Yeah. The first time I drank ayahuasca, I was like, mm, I might be a little gay. And then um, I, you know, that was from some other. Really? Wait, so you did ayahuasca and you've only been with women. Yeah. And then the first time you did it. It makes you, it makes every guy goes, bro, did you think about being gay? And I'm like, yeah. Like, so did you? Does mother ask you that? No, like, no, it's just, I think being stupid men were like, oh, you know, macho, like, right. you know, and maybe like for me, I've been, I've been around dudes my whole life, you know, uh -huh. like I've been on the mat sweating, laying with my friends, like beating the fuck out of each other. It's just, so maybe that was your way. Then my way of being gay. Yeah. Oh, she got you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, so you thought, but then you came out and you're like, no, dude, I'm not gay. I got, I got yeah, off this. But, but, it, but it makes you question it. Everything. You know, and, and I'll explain some other reasoning why programming that was happening in my life. It doesn't, a lot of people throw up after. Oh yeah. It. You have a, you have a full, a full release. That's, that's how you got to get you it. You go with it. a shaman. Yes. It's so popular right now. I know. And, and oh, I hate to say it. People aren't doing it wrong, but they're doing it wrong. Um, and you can't poo poo on anyone's game, but man, um, I pride myself in who I work with. I pride myself in, in the knowledge that I gain from these people and the people that I, the, specifically at the spot that I just left a few, a month ago, a month and a half ago called Arcana. How long were you there? So for two weeks. And, and where uh, was it? Well, I was in one week in the jungle. Was that Mexico when I was texting you and I was like, Hey man, do you want to come on the podcast? And you're like, I'm in Mexico. Yeah. It so was, you, you did a jungle two week deal. Yeah. So I did, well, the first week was, uh, I did, did 20 grams of mushrooms, which a normal dose is like three and a half is for you to get therapy. Uh -huh. get deep, deep therapy is three and a half. I went to 20 because science, um, and because I'm a scientific researcher, that's why, uh, and then we did three days of ayahuasca and then also a sapo ceremony or a five MEO ceremony for the, 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 the toad venom you smoke. And why are you doing this? Um, to be a better person, to be a best version of myself. Is it? Is that why? Oh yeah. I've, I've. Uh, Have you ever done it and it's not gone quite in a way that you were like, that was a good version of myself. Like it took you in a direction that kind of messed with your head a little bit. Yeah. And that's called not doing the integration properly. If you're not learning from your mistakes and you, these things get brought up, these gnar the gnarliest traumas in your life get brought up, you have to fucking deal with them. You can't just go, oh, those are cool looking. I'm just going to run away again and do more ayahuasca. If you don't deal with these things, they're going to manifest as, as a mental breakdown or some sort of disease in your life. Like that's, that's just what happened. So when you had a bad trip on it, what was that like? I've never had a bad trip on, I, the, on, on the ayahuasca. Trip. No, no, no. There it's the thing is you have to understand, like I'll take you guys to the jungle and you guys can meet my team. Um, my family. Now, what do we wear to the jungle? By the way, if, by the way, I can't. Uh, so the thing is I'm over 19 years sober. Right. And I've dropped a lot of acid and mushrooms and all that. And my brother will be like, no, it's different. Michael, there's a shaman, you know, you got it from a dealer. This is a shaman. And, you know, there's a ritual at which you do it. And then, like, for me, I was a little irritated with them last time. I was like, David, because he stayed at my house. And um, to, he, like, came to L.A., I don't know, somewhere in Malibu. It's always these fancy, like, <laughs> very, like, bougie type. At least that's my sense, right? Like, there's a group of people that do it in, 
I don't know. I picture blankets and cashmere. You it's know, because you guys are doing it wrong again. Well, no, you're not doing I'm it not wrong. I'm not doing it. But it's that's that's Hollywood spin on it. Yeah, and yeah, that, that, ha that that happens up here all the time. But like they go to Peru. They you know there's ooh, they're Peruvian now. There's different strains of it. But basically, it's a drug. It's it's a it's a substance or a plant that um, made into a brew. You drink and it right. is. Extremely cathartic. It yeah. will help you deal with all the traumas in your life and help you get in touch with your past and things you didn't even know happened. You know, it's like, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Or for me, um, well, mushrooms tell my future. That's the, that's the best part. Mushrooms tell my future. Whereas ayahuasca deals with my past. Um, okay. I live by the medicine. I know that maybe might sound crazy to people, but what the medicine tells me always happens. And that's just what I'm going with. Um, it's never done me wrong, you know, so I can, I can finally look back into my past and deal with the things that have been plaguing me that keep popping up and making me act certain ways. And whether it's addicted or slutty or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's these childhood traumas store in our tissue and then they will manifest later as something inappropriate in our lives. Uh, and then further on in life, you can get cancer or, or you, you know, get stressed out enough. You get arthritis or, you know, ALS, whatever it is, something that'll kill you. Um, cause stress does kill you. Cause that's, that's, it's inflammation. Cause essentially you, you drink it or you, when you do something, it forces whatever is there to happen. Whereas other experiences, you're kind of seeking it out. Whereas it seeks you and you have no choice, right? Yes, more or less. But it, it she just, the grandmother holds you and kind of walks you through it. Um, and you know, with the me, grandmother's the plant. Yes. The plant. And she'll come to you in a few different versions. Um, and with, with like, let's say if I was take you, it was, was to take you to Arcana. Um, you go down there and you sit in a dark room with, with actual Shipibo shaman who are seeing the Ikaros to you. And they basically hoot and holler all night, uh, in this very interesting pitch that you won't appreciate until you do ayahuasca and you listen to them because they sing to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and to have them hold you and sing to you and, you know, sing into your head. It's called, it's called the Arcana, the, the final song. Um, man, it's, it's a type of, like, I, I believe in science. Uh -huh. I believe in science, but I've seen things recently that I cannot explain. And I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Just go fuck yeah. I don't know. I have no idea how I saw that woman do a, a chonta. She sucked a chonta, a bad spirit out of his neck, my friend seen her suck fish bones and nails and dragonflies and beetles out of people you while know? you're on it uh after after the ceremony right but like as it's still in your system kind of right uh yeah usually she she can do it without you know pre or post why does someone have fish bones in their system i fucking know i have no idea <laughs> that's the best part you don't say nada i don't know and you know you go down to mexico and you this place is bougie Chambalate is the oldest hacienda in the Yucatan. It's like beautiful. It's a 600 year old botanical garden. Uh -huh. And you go down there and there's the yoga teacher and there's the philosophy teacher and there's the breath. So you know, like, who, who do you believe needs this? Like all of us. So you think everyone needs to do ayahuasca? Not everybody, but a lot, a good portion. Who of, needs to though? Like when you go, okay, this would, this is since I've done it. Any this people is, of influence. If you're a uh, person of influence, you should be doing these medicines because then you'll be the best version of yourself and you won't be, you won't be, you know, a bad person. These will help you if you do the integration properly. It so could do you make, think this helps people who, who are more likely to be bad people? <sighs> We're all stupid and bad. That's the thing. And, and it's to varying degrees. 
And we, we can, we just have to kind of work with ourselves and figure out why we're doing these things to ourselves. But you, you mentioned to me that you can take it to the extreme though, right? Like- Myself. Yes. I take things to the extreme. That's just what I do. Um, Whether it's mushrooms or acid or. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. You'll take it to the extreme. Like I'm going to perform tonight on a comedy show um, called the Psychedelic Psycho Show and I'll take more acid. I took some this morning. You took acid this morning? Just a microdose. So, so you made a decision and how often do you do acid? Um, I don't know. Are you a cop? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Once or twice a week, maybe. Once or twice I, a week. I'm, no, it's a couple of times. It just depends. Depends if I have it or not. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll put it in with my mushroom microdoses. Just depends when I'm being creative. If I'm doing my puppet show stuff, I like to, to be on acid, uh, doing comedy stuff. I like to be on acid. If I'm doing uh, physical work, you know, like martial arts or uh-huh. lifting weights, I like to be on mushrooms. So you're either doing acid or mushrooms in small doses throughout the week, right? Pretty much every day. Okay. Pretty much every day. When I don't have my daughter, of course. When you don't have your daughter. And- Which is half time. So I guess it's not that much. So what percent of the time throughout the day then are you on nothing? Very rarely. When I wake up, I wake up and I do yoga, I do breath work, I do meditation. Um, I do my kundalini kriya. and you know, and then I then I I smoke a joint and I pray to Santa Maria. And how long have you been doing this for? A while. Wait. The, the 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 program. Yeah, like the the acid and mushrooms oh, and man, five years. Five years. Yeah. About. And there's As, been no negative consequences from no, it. No, no. And this is the, I have like I was I just got yelled at last night about it. By who? <laughs> Someone close to me. Um, yelled at you. Yeah, over some shit. What I just, I just talk about science. But what, what, why did you guys get into it? What did they yell? What did they, what did they say to you? Okay. So shamanistic cultures gave these medicines to children, uh-huh. whether it's mushrooms or ayahuasca. The first time the baby goes to suck on the nipple to get milk to feed, they put ayahuasca on there. There's, there's no mechanism in the brain or the body. I'm just speaking science here. I have text messages from Johns Hopkins university. My friend, Matthew Johnson is the first uh, professor of psychedelics in the world. Um, so I, I know what I'm talking about. Um, there's no mechanism in the brain or the body that's negatively affected. It doesn't matter if you're a baby or you're an adult. Uh-huh. Children carry less baggage. They're going to have, they're literally just going to see pretty stuff for the most part, you know, like unless they've been through something. So you're, you were suggesting that babies should do ayahuasca? Or? I was suggesting that it happens, not that babies should do it. There's that it's, it's a thing that's been happening for thousands of years uh-huh. and these people are fine. And that I, that I know the science of it to how the chemicals happen in the brain. I know that it doesn't negatively affect anybody. Now, if it's done in the right, you know, the wrong setting, obviously it can, you know, uh, you don't want to give uh, anyone drugs in a, in a negative setting. It's all about set setting and intention, having, having shamans and things, those sort of people around because then you respect it and you get way more out of it. Sure. You know, once you get to know the medicine, you can go take it at Coachella or not ayahuasca, obviously. Um, but you can take mushrooms or acid and go have fun. But get to know it first, because I know people are going to do it no matter what. So just do it at home with your loved one. But, but I'm trying, I actually, had, interestingly, I went to brunch a week ago with two friends who I hadn't seen in years. And they showed up and I took them to- um, They brought uh, a baby on acid? No, they showed up on mushrooms and it was a Sunday. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, we did some mushrooms today. And I'm like- I'm like, is this just becoming progressively more common? Because I'm like, 
first of all, like they know I'm sober, which it doesn't matter, but I feel like you can be at the same wavelength typically. So it's a little different of a vibe, uh, energetically. And then they show up and there are mushrooms. And then at some point he tells me he's really high at lunch. And then I'm like, well, why are you high if you're just doing it for functioning like the whole people overstep that's what people are going to do and i'm just trying to teach harm prevention just the look people you should what, be responsible I imagine that. though a lot of people who would use mushrooms daily and acid daily would go down a dark rabbit hole like like wouldn't be able to moderate their use right like some people just some people but that's why it's not daily but it's it's you know a couple times a week with mushrooms or acid or you know depends what the fuck i have to do Cause I, 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 when I work, I work from six in the morning, I get up from my yoga and stuff. And then I work until I go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. And for me to function at that level, to have a competitive advantage, these, these medicines help. So what if you didn't take it? If I didn't take it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't get as much done. You feel like you get less done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your efficiency goes up to the roof. Creativity is through the roof. You know, I'm just trying to keep up with the Joneses. I got a lot of shit to do. I'm, I have a lot. And to does, does anyone in your family worry about you or friends or? No, because no they, know, they know I do it responsibly. There's no. So you wouldn't say you're, and you don't have an addictive personality. No, no, I go, I, I do go times without taking mushrooms or acid. Yeah. But you know, those are the two things that actually help me. You know, like Bill W. That's how he got off alcohol was acid. No one wants to talk about that. I look, I haven't seen that in the big book, but I also like, I'm of not judging it, but it's 100% fact. I just kind of Google it. Okay. Well, I've, I mean, I look there's a lot of theories on a lot of different things. I think you've found that psychedelics have, uh, transformed your life in the best ways possible. Part of it, Tony was, it was so quiet over here, by the way. I'm like, yeah, Tony, I'm, are you here? I'm not going to lie. I'm like shook. It's not what are you shook about it's, Cause I get anxiety. I mean, I, I don't really drink alcohol nor do I do here. drugs because I, I mean, I've tried it and I just get anxiety through the roof. Like I get paranoid. So like hearing even your stories of how much you like consume and stuff, I'm like, I'm like, I'm over here just like my arms. I'm like, like, Oh no, I'm like tight. Cause it's, it's, it's kind of, it's crazy. Do you think that the, that these plants are put in this world for a reason, like for, to use the way you're using it? Yes. To further the humankind. You know, it's, um, we're evolving as people and if we don't evolve in the right, right direction at light speed, like we're expected to, which is just insane. Um, you know, we should all kind of sit back and think and at least ingest medicine sometimes. You know, I, I profess to be a, a psychedelic researcher. Uh -huh. I write things down. I do, you know, performance studies with sports, um, that's what kind of got me big in the space was just doing sports performance. The UFC calls me and they go, Hey, you should probably be here this weekend. You got to talk to these boys and girls. Um, I set up a study with Johns Hopkins university in the UFC, um, you know, because they need a TBI study. They knew they saw it fix me. They, they saw me on HBO healing, healing another one of their fighters with my method. And they said, okay, you know that study you tried to pitch us a year ago, a year and a half ago, that we had to turn down? Well, what fighter we was that? That Dean Lister. Got it. So you, he went with you and did have these experiences. We did mushrooms. Yeah, I was the, we were the first mushroom ceremony ever put on TV. And luckily we had uh, an amazing production team from HBO. It was really good. Jordan Kronick is an Emmy award-winning producer. How, how would you know, like what is your 
line if you were to cross where you're like, okay, this, because anything that we play with, right? Like, or use, there's a line. Yeah. Um, especially with any kind of medicine or substances or whatever, there's a line. When do you know, like, okay, this is my line. Like, and, and do you ever feel like you're kind of bordering it from time to time? Just walking on it like yeah. this, uh, sometimes. Um, but again, I have my kid, you know, and, and I promised my ex-wife I'd be responsible around her. So that that's my, my clear time. That's my clear time to just chill out, relax, be with her and make sure she, you know. But what is your, what is your line? Like, would it be with, like. With taking too much? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how um, know? When it starts to get into that where I'm with my kid and shit and then you're like, well, inappropriate. What are you doing? Um, but I just, I have enough wherewithal not to do that. I'm not stupid. And, uh, I've been addicted before, you know, I was in and out of rehab twice, died of a drug overdose. Um, you what? I died of a drug overdose. Died and came back to life. Yeah. I aspirated. I was in the hospital for a week. It was like, not a good one. From what? Uh, a mixture of stuff. No, it was from Oxycontin. I think some GHB, mm. Xanax, smoking weed. I think I had some alcohol. I was just, I went off the fucking hinges. It was just a stupid, stupid mistake. I wasn't trying to kill myself or anything. Right. That, well, that's right. You weren't, you weren't trying to kill yourself. You just use excessively. You end up overdosing. I only wanted to kill myself at the end. Uh-huh. Not until the very end. I was too vain for that. I was too, I loved my life too much. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a rough, there was some rough times in there. And like, I'm fucking crazy. Okay. Um, I, I, I push things, but people who normally do them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something they do every, you know, every couple of years uh -huh. and it just brings them back to center. Some people can do this. They can go to the well once and they're good for ever even. So let, let me ask you, cause, cause part of it is you've mentioned a few times you're, you're single, you're wanting a relationship potentially, right? Potentially. Um, well, yeah, I want more kids one okay. day. I'm getting older. Uh, no, you don't want the woman. You just want more kids. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really like a hot, hot. There's a lot of options for that. You know, right. I just want some genetics. Um, no, I, you know, there's, there's someone special in my life. Um, but you know, it's just weird. It's one of those weird things that didn't now do, but, but being that that's an area of your life that you're wanting to work through, do you do ayahuasca with that intention? Okay. So this is exactly, this is what, this is what led me to be part of fit for service with Aubrey Marcus, you know, Aubrey? No. So Aubrey Marcus is a spiritual guru tour sort of, sort of guy. Um, think kind of Ram Dass new age okay. kind of guy. Um, sponsored me with his giant company forever on it, the yeah. supplement company. Um, and I know the coaches and I like studying Eastern philosophy. I like the, you know, the divine masculine, the divine feminine. I, I, and especially being in psychedelics, I need to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I fancy myself someone that knows everything about the certain subject, you know, about fighting. I knew I was an expert at all of it. Um, and I just attack everything that way. And so I find myself now after so after the most medicine I've ever ingested in my life in one week, uh -huh. I was taking big boy cups. Jose, the owner is like, oh, you're drinking big boy cups. You want to be kind of initiated into the group? Uh -huh. hop, hop on. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Uh, it was really hard. I got to release my sex panther. Here it is. 
Um, finally, you know, it was, it was just, it was a wild week. You released your sex panther? I was yeah. about to ask, well, what do you um, mean sex panther? I guess I was over in the corner, like making, uh, making panther noises and dry humping my mattress for like six hours. Um, released a bunch of sexual things. And do I you was remember doing that? Doing that? Uh, kind of. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I do. I remember being through it. I, it was dark, so no one could see shit. Um, and so they give you a panther around your neck as like a sex panther? No, no, this is just an ayahuasca panther. I'm just making the joke. Oh. Um, <laughs> this isn't the actual sex panther. No. So you humped, you humped, so you're thinking that by releasing the humping for six so you, hours. You got to think, I, I was a sex addict my whole life. I uh -huh. was a professional. I was a world champion. Women just wanted to just be with me. It was cool for a while. And then you realize this is horrible and you're just abusing yourself with it. Um, as a young man, you think it's great. And then it's just an addiction that is just part of the game. You know, like I was very fortunate to, you know, have some of the partners I've had. Um, very lucky. They're very pretty, very shiny. Um, but you know, just that lifestyle was just fucking crazy. I, I, I didn't, I, I had to be a psychopath to do it. Uh -huh. You know, and so I wasn't proud of myself in that space and being that person. So what I had to achieve. So that's why I always go back. That's why I do so much medicine work because I've got tons of trauma. Every time I climbed into the cage of the ring. But when you say you have tons of trauma, you were saying your childhood was great until 12. So and what then, are you talking about? And everyone started dying because of pills. Um, my coach killed himself. My so you're best saying friend the died trauma from 12 on. I'm sure, I see it's the thing. I can't, I even asked my brother, I said, why are we so fucked up? But why, why do you think you're fucked up? Um, well, just about like us being a certain way, kind of gangster. And I'm like, why, why, why would, did we do that stuff? I was like, why did we, I'm like, did anyone touch? We grew up in private schools. I'm like, did anyone touch you? Did anything happen? Like, he's like, no, like same here. Like not right. Nothing happened to us. No. We're like, oh, why did we <laughs> still trying to figure out why we turned out that way? Your mom left you. Yeah. But I don't know. It, <laughs> It's kind of, I mean, it happened right after that. I did. Right? And obviously that's why I turned into the sex addiction. And that's why I turned into treating women the way I did as objects. Uh, Cause my mom was in and out of my life forever, you know? And that's, that's something that back to the sex panther is what I released finally, just living in that, that sort of single like guy. So you want, but, but I meant you want to be in a relationship. Would that be right? Um, oh, not now. Not no, now. No, 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 no. I need to be single for a while. You don't even want to date. I'm dating. So when you date, do how do you meet people? Um, Before they used to throw themselves at you. Is a shaman introducing you to people? Yes. Yes. Really? Um, yeah. No, 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 oh. no. <laughs> Some people meet during a ceremony. I went down in the jungle to get the fuck away from women and get just because that's the bane of my existence. That's what I put in my life as this thing. You know, it's my own fault. It's not their fault. Um, and. Yeah. You just gotta, <laughs> you end up dealing with all this stuff. You know, you end up dealing with all these issues. You go down there and, and um, your question was, about, where do I meet women? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even, I stay away now. Uh, before it was everywhere. But when I messaged you on Instagram, you're like, yeah, I date women in LA and I'm coming up there and I have a date. I, I, so I like show up places and I end up, you know, meeting women. It's just wherever I hang out. I don't, got it. I don't, I don't go on apps. Um, I don't have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to. I'm good. Um, no, that's yeah. You know, it's true though. And I don't. I don't want to meet those kind of people. Like uh, I, I've, 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 I've been on apps and just looked and been like, "Fuck, this is crazy." 
I don't know if I want to, I don't know. I, I just engaging like that. It's, it's just, I don't know. Well, do you think though, it would be difficult? And let's say you do get to the place of being with wanting to be with a woman, right? Let's say yes. that because when we're, when we're totally sober all the time, right? There's a consistency to it. Whereas with medicine or, or, you know, mushrooms or acid or any of those, it kind of starts to, it, it can have different effects on us, right? It's like adding a layer of something. And so do you think that may end up being challenging figuring out the wavelength constantly? Um, like well, you may do drop some mushrooms, get really creative and they may just want to be going on a date to a steakhouse and not wanting to, well, you have to be appropriate. There's, there's set and setting and everything is, there's purpose behind everything. There's no, they're not doing it just fucking willy nilly. They'd be, that would be rude. You know, show up to a dinner with your chick or boyfriend, or whatever, and fucking high as shit. <laughs> That's right. not good. That's not good. Yeah. You have to, you just you don't take too much. You can always take more. You don't, you don't buy, like you're never taking a bunch. It's a microdose. Yeah. The problem for me is I would take too much. I would just constantly like, cause I, I wouldn't, you know, like I've always been back when I used a lot. It's like, there's what everyone did. And then there's what I did. You know, it's like, that's how I, that's how I used to be. Yeah. But I tell people, like, look, with, if you're, if you're only taking these sort of psychedelic medicines, yeah. You're not going to, and you're not using the rest. You're going to use them ethically. You're going to use them and not abuse them. Um, or if you're going to take, you know, too much or a museum dose, even, um, it's still appropriate for what you're doing. You right. know, you're, you're at a fucking museum or you're in a park. Like it's, it's just about understanding where your what your limits are and knowing that sort of stuff. It's about having an appropriate, because people, people get drunk in front of their, their families or their friends, their kids, whatever. And I'm like, you know how fucking irresponsible that is? And you drive? How shame on you. Like, uh -huh. like psychedelics make you perform better at things. Realistically, this is science people. This is what I teach. I teach fighters how to fight on fucking mushrooms. It makes you perform better at things. We run all the tests, same thing with LSD and people want to knock it because they don't understand. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm very open, right? Like I don't believe what works for me has to work for someone else. In fact, what works for me may be the death for someone else, right? Like everyone's uniquely 100%. their own person and they have their own journey. I think uh, hearing your story, you would have to understand that it would raise like same reason why Tony, this is quietest I've seen him who says he's anxious with his arms folded over there because <laughs> he's like spooked, he says, right? Because you share with us story of like, you know, being heavily addicted to drugs, fighting, violence, jail, DA, rehab, dying practically, and then going, hey, yeah, I do, you know, mushrooms and, and acid, right? So like, it's, it's, it's hard uh, to digest the story with like, oh, this guy's totally got it. Yes. Because, because of your backstory, right? Of course. See that, but then you have to understand there's a large period of time in between those two things. Yeah. And the things I've accomplished in a short time in the space of the science of psychedelics is pretty, pretty astonishing. And, and people are just, I get it. People are just catching up to what I'm doing.
I'm not an under any, any guys that like, oh, people need to know who I am right now. And this new person, you know, I'm not a new person. I'm just a better version of myself. Don't you think though, this could just be, it, it seems like you've gone through phases of obsessions, right? Like, so you obsessed with the UFC, obsessed with fighting. Now, you know, you have a podcast, you're doing a comedy show with psychedelics in a lot of ways. Couldn't this be like your passion of the decade? And yeah, then, of course. I hope so. In that next decade, it could be a different passion, right? Like this is. Then the thing is, is I'll get just as good as I am at this. Yeah. I'll get it good at that. Right. So this is, this is the area that you're, you're obsessed with. And until it runs its course with your pattern, right? Once it runs its course, you'll be like, all right, my next area is. This I got a 16 year pattern. Well, cause I went professional. So I guess it's 18 years almost, um, you know, kind of like I had my life as a kid and then I went pro at 18 and 16 years. <laughs> is that, how do we space it out? You know? Yeah. How do you think you get people to not see you? Not that you care, right? I'm not saying you care, but not to see you as like a drug addict. Um, because. Or do you not care? I don't care. You don't care. No, because, you know, it's not, I'm not, I don't, like I said, I don't touch alcohol. I don't do any of these things that I don't take, touch any of the negative. You know, I don't do anything inappropriately. Uh, even when I do take 20 grams of mushrooms, it's in front of a shaman. You know, these are just creative juices. They're, they're performance enhancers. What do you make of this, Tony? Because you're, look, I've used to do all sorts of different things. I don't do anything today. He, he's done, used to, changed it, pivoted. Now he does this. You don't do anything. Mm -mm. But there's a, there's a, like a, a 5% of me that's very curious. There's like a little percent of me, but there is a percent. Because I, 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 the way you talk about it, it kind of makes me think like, I kind of want, I, that's something that I wouldn't be opposed to like, Come oh my God, I want to try it. <laughs> But another part of me that spooks me out is like, you, you talk about your friend and how he's in a complete different. But your family always wanted you to have a wife and kids. I know they still do. That's the thing. You know my, what mom, I mean? my mom still says, says it till this day she's where she's just, like, she prays for it. Yeah. But I, I, I love being gay. Like I, <laughs> I don't want to change. Like I love, I love men. You like, guys I'm do like, it like you're having so much fun. I feel like if I did it, like. I would have one of because I I've shared with you before where like I've had crazy experiences where I thought I was possessed and mm -hmm. had a sugar mommy who was like only into gay dudes in New York like crazy like on drug but by the way using drugs and being in a really wild lifestyle I just take it to the extreme where I can't get off of the lifestyle so I have to be like. I have to cut it off. See, because I, I'm an adult now. I've got a daughter. Uh, listen, I, I hear got, you. And <laughs> a lot, but the, hear jobs. me. I also own a treatment center. A lot of people say that, right? Like yeah. they have kids. They, they, but oh, they, I get it. I totally get they it. They haven't been able. Yeah. Like you're, you're um, high functioning. They're doing the wrong drugs. But you're high functioning yeah. for what you're using. A, lo a lot of people couldn't function at I, the level you're functioning. I have... Uh, so I don't even know what sort of social anxiety it would be. Um, me and Western uh, psychology don't really mix. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, you just said anxiety. I mean, that's, yeah, I've had, I've had gnarly panic attacks like at times, um, in my life. I, 
these medicines help me function realistically. They're a medicine. You know, I can be cocky with it all I want, but like, just like cannabis, I started smoking cannabis at eight years old. My daughter started ingesting cannabis when she was two, uh, because she got real sick and it healed her. And like, these are, these are things that we use. Does she smoke weed now? No, 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 she's nine. Um, no. And she's no, she, she hasn't ingested THC in a while. Now she has like THC salves if she's in pain, uh, you know, cause she does jujitsu and surfs and snowboards and skates and wakeboards and does everything, rides yeah. her horses. Um, so, you know, she, but if she's in pain, we've talked about it. I'm like, if anything ever pops up again, you tell me and I can give you some either THC or, or CBD. It's up to you. You know, what's stronger and what's not. And do you and her mom get along? Yeah, well, we get along great. Yeah. She's, she actually, uh, helps run the treatment center or she's a attacker. She's a, um, a counselor. Oh, right on. Yeah. So obviously I get backlash all fucking day for this. <laughs> From her? Uh, uh, not so much because she knows I'm crazy and she, she, but she just is very against, she's like, what the fuck? Shut up. Shh. You know, basically. About um, all this. Yeah. But, um, you know, I get to give her shit because I, she knows I don't do it responsibly. That's the thing. Do you like that? It's kind of shocking to people. Yeah, it's fun. I'm more, I'm more, I'm playing, playing everything up. It's more, it's a game. I'm a fucking comedian. Um, but yeah, there is, you know, there's been times where you can take it inappropriately. But you like that it's, that it's, it would shock people. You like. Of course, I want people to hear, look how much shit I'm getting done. I'm the chief impact officer for a big company out of, out of Canada. Uh-huh. I've got two podcasts, a puppet show, a comedy career. I raise my daughter. You know, I'm, I'm like, when I, when I have her, I days off. I take two Do you have days. the puppets with you? No. Dang, that would have been a bummer. <laughs> Sorry, I should have had a, We could have had a whole puppet oh, thing. So. We just you got did a little acid earlier, and, and we could have brought like the, the puppets talking and Tony. You have and amazing we could have had the puppets talking Tony into doing ayahuasca <laughs> for the first come time. Come on, Tony. Yeah, come I, on, Tony. I, I do want to ask something, though. My, Drink it. You're, you're 19 years sober. Uh-huh. Would you break your sobriety to try ayahuasca? Would I break my sobriety to try ayahuasca? Would it be breaking my sobriety? Exactly. That's that's what you got to think. Well, the first question would be, would it be breaking my sobriety to do ayahuasca? Um, well, well, no, I mean, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't have the desire. Like I know, like I have friends who, who had had the desire and really want to do it like and i'm not there to judge because if someone's is in sobriety and they've done it i don't want them feeling some amount of shame that they've you know no one likes to be told like you're wrong or you did the everyone's everyone's journey is so unique it's just for me it's like i don't see the the reward like in theory like i don't know if if I knew, if I knew, the question would be, if I knew I would not go back to anything else and I could have that one experience, uh, would I do it? Sure. But the problem is I don't have the confidence that I wouldn't get the fuck it. And so it's like, it's not worth it to me because it's like, uh, even if, like I've had friends who've had long-term sobriety and they drink today and they can drink responsibly. Mm but they don't tell anyone. And there's a level of shame that happens unless you are like Ian, who's just like, woo, acid today, mushrooms tomorrow. Unless you're like completely 
not allowing shame to exist. It's, it's the conscious or subconscious. I'd have to do a whole lot of ayahuasca to deal with the shame and guilt. It's just not worth it for me, but I'm not opposed. Everyone look, if it helps someone in their life, by all means, anything that helps people in their life. I think it's, it's, um, I think some people expect medicines or like medicinal type type stuff to, uh, replace the, the, some people I've found think it's a, just do medicinal stuff and it can work out. Now I'm sure there's a very, very small percent where it's just that. Right. But there's also like taking action. There's also how are you setting up your life? It's how are you showing up responsibly? It's how are you like showing up differently? It's, you know, there's a lot of responsibilities we have in life. And I just don't think my opinion is just doing medicinal drugs aren't going to um, be the end all, you know? And I think a lot of people expect them to be. A lot of people I know who do ayahuasca, especially in LA. Yeah. They, they want it to be all their childhood trauma and it's going to be all worked out through a ceremony. And it's no, sometimes it, it's a lot more. The most important thing is after it's just a tool. It brings it up. The most important thing is after is integration, integrating whatever you learned in your daily life. The and pillow also that you hunt for six hours. Where is it today? <laughs> Uh, it's down in the jungle somewhere. It's in the jungle. Yes. And let me just one more in this jungle setup. What are you wearing? Are you wearing the UFC outfit? Yes, that's it. Yes. Um, no, I'm wearing yoga clothes. I'm wearing, you know, Shapibo clothes or, or, you know, very comfortable clothing. Or I guess I'm in the jungle. I'm probably in trunks and no t-shirt. Oh God, it's not like you're in like a traditional like garb of like yeah, Shab- leaves. No, no, no. But like Shapibo pants. Like the, the, the Shabibo people, they make pant clothing and then you wear yeah. it during ceremony uh, if you want to be fancy. But, you know, it's in the jungle and I'm with a bunch of veterans. I work with the Heroic Hearts Project. We took 18 veterans down with us. And uh, to sit with those savages, yeah, you're just in your trunks and you're just in there. It's the fucking jungle, so you're sweating. Let me ask Aaron, Aaron would you ever do ayahuasca? Yes. <laughs> you did it before? Yes. Oh, you've done it. Oh, over here, Judas. You're not saying anything. Let's go. I'm not <laughs> yeah, give her the mic. Give her the mic. She's done it. So it's just I'm saying. You, you- wow, this is this is a shame, Mawaska. She won't come forward with the experiences she had. Can we hear about your experience? On the mic, though, we need you on the mic, Aaron. This is Aaron's first day of audio. No, no sorry, not not everyone is is ready to tell their story, especially if it's been recently. They are when they're employed by me. <laughs> okay, just you just have to I'm know that these these <laughs> these things are so they're heavy. So sometimes it takes a while to share. Them. When did you do it? Um, I you got to get the mic closer, by the way. When I was twenty-one. Oh, Where'd wow. you go? Um, I was with my parents. Your parents did it with you in Peru. Uh, no, my, my father was my babysitter. Where, where, oh, I love you. Where, 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 what country were you in? Here. Oh, you were? It was in Malibu. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. And why are you so nervous right now telling us this? <laughs> I'm just going, oh, wow. Okay, I guess I'm putting this How many here. times have you done it? Uh, I've only done ayahuasca once. Okay. That was enough. And that was enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm because what a, happened for you? It was just a lot. It was, um... 
a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff that unpacked, we'll put it that way, but not in a bad way. It wasn't a negative experience at the end of it. It was just, I mean, ayahuasca is an ordeal drug. It's it's very hard to go through. It's, I tell people it's not fun. You come do psychedelics with me. It's not a good time. Right. DMT but, is not fun. Yes, ayahuasca yes. is not, I mean, yeah. they're called ordeal so drugs. So what do you make of so. Ian, how he's what he's talking about and <laughs> um i was kind of raised thinking that it was okay mm-hmm. um so so was i yeah, yeah. we're the same sort of family so yeah <laughs> i think we probably have a lot of similarities yeah my, my dad Douglas, he smuggled dope in the 70s <laughs> so he's oh. you know he would tell me stories about drinking you know or eating peyote in the desert with my uncles and just all i mean there's always these are medicines like no no my father was actually a physician as well so. Oh, wow. Okay. So your dad's really cool. <laughs> He's Rad. really cool. He's really cool and smart. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I, I've been, because of my charismatic attitude, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I end up sitting with a bunch of people, a bunch of very successful people, doctors and scientists and very, very smart intellectuals um, for a long time. I've, I, my friends growing up were always smart. My, one of my best friends growing up is a, a physics professor at USC. Um, the woman I almost married, she's a, was a UCLA professor and, and a scientist. I have no doubt they're smart people. That but, do but, it. but these people, they, it's the upper crust of society, I guess. These very, very smart intellectuals that all dabble in plant medicines. And they, it, it's because the science wasn't behind it and because community wasn't behind it, really, they kept, they just kind of kept it to themselves, which sure, you know, it, it's, it's, it's getting to everyone now. Um, but that's because it was scary for a long time. It was illegal. And now it's finally being, oh, it's okay for everyone to do it. And it's, it's, becoming, it's It's in vogue. It is. But no one's busting any, anyone who's having a ceremony. They're, they're not going to rush what in a, and get you. What an awful experience. Right. That'd be, f- that'd be so it. fucked up. And they can get, they can get sued for, because it's a, it's a ceremonial, it's a religious practice. Like, like I'm a plant, I'm a, I'm a, tr- I'm a, a proud member of a plant medicine church called the earth temple. Uh, I'm a, you know, a preacher for them. And if you go through certain things like that, which like, I'm sure like her father did, um, you can, you, everything is legal technically federally. So do you think Tony needs to do it if you've done it? If I, in my opinion, if you have fear about it, I wouldn't start with that one. No. <laughs> what, what's an ordeal drug? I mean, it's, it's literally, you are usually presented with an opportunity to walk through a door and never come back while unpacking any traumas or anything that you might've had. So, <laughs> so you don't think you unpacked everything? That's why you, why didn't you do it again if it was good? Oh no, I mean, I I think I got what I needed out of it. That that that's the normal person. That's what the average person does, and it's beautiful. Not everyone's like me that has this much trauma and addiction in their life that they need to go back to the well. Of, now I only go back to the well every six months or so for a tune up. Prefer a tune up to kill my ego because you know I'm still on stage. I'm still performing. I'm still this person in charge of certain things, and I I need to be in. A, taken down a peg i gotcha you know well thank you aaron for sharing with well, thank us thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> well listen i was it was great having you in here and having a conversation around everything illegal yeah, today yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but i appreciate your candor and honesty and talking to us and educating us and um one size doesn't fit all and and uh i'm glad you figured out your fit and uh where can everyone find you uh you can find me at the mccallmethod.com uh, for integration coaching, which is much more different than this conversation. I promise it's much more serious. 
Or you can find me on Instagram, Uncle Creepy MMA. It's my old nickname. It's ridiculous that the UFC, everyone else liked the name. I thought it was stupid. I wrote it down as a joke. I just needed money. So I fought fresh out of rehab and I wrote it down. Is that what your nickname was, Uncle Creepy? Yeah. And they fuck it. It's galvanized. It's got a blue check mark. So I can't get rid of it without spending like thousands of dollars. So listen, you can follow Uncle Creepy MMA. MMA, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> on Instagram yeah. as well. <laughs> let, <laughs> let us know what you thought about today's episode. We would love if you tagged us on Instagram, put in your story, let us know you're listening. And, uh, you know, keep it magical. Till next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.